I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a frustrating Friday, a Black Friday. Uh, man, uh, literally as the Iowa basketball game ends, yeah, what was the longest final, I mean, what, 30 seconds in the history of college basketball? So it seemed like, jeez, with the announcers on CBS Sports just openly rooting for Clemson at one point. like Almost like they went to it, like calling them we. Hey, if we, if we get a stop here, it's a one-possession game. If we get a missed free throw, it's a one-possession game. Good God. Literally talking to the refs, trying to reverse a call that I was shot. Philip Robrach's, you know, ultimately kind of game-winning shot uh, was should, should not have counted. Oh, man, I should not be as frustrated as I am right now, uh, considering Iowa just got a really nice win. Really nice. A nice win uh, in, in men's basketball. Uh, move to 5-0 and on the season and uh, move on to face the winner of TCU or Cal uh, tomorrow in the Emerald Coast Classic Championship. Assuming that's going to be TCU as Cal, believe it or not, is 0-5. For a Power 5 team to be 0-5, I think they've lost to Southern. They've lost to some bad teams. Um, so I fully expect TCU, who is uh, maybe not as good as, as people thought coming into the season, uh, as they lost to Northwestern State and fell out of the rankings. I think they're the first team unranked in the AP poll where Iowa is, uh, is number 25. Fully expect TCU to be the team that Iowa plays tomorrow, and Iowa's going to have to play a little better than that if they're going to beat TCU and uh, and stay undefeated on this, uh, on this young season. I will do a uh, belated reaction to the football game today. Uh, believe it or not, uh, here a little bit later. But do want to just spend a few minutes on the basketball game. Uh, you know, I mentioned at some point over the last week I, I was going to try to do like a double instant reaction here. There was no point in trying to instantly react to the football game while the basketball game was on. And, uh, I, you know, it's not a football game that you want to talk a whole lot about. Uh, but this basketball game, uh, again, not a great game from the Hawkeyes. Not got it when they needed it they, they were good at the line when they needed to be for the most part where Brotch missed one late I think Perkins missed one late uh, but he was 9 of 10 from the line in the game and so you know hard to, to get too upset about somebody going 90 percent 80 percent as a team overall 24 30 from the line so again you you're you're good with that you won the game there uh, that's really good Clemson hit a couple of threes late to to make that a game uh, and had that 13 to one run um, when Iowa had a 14 point lead with about eight minutes to go and that was the killer. Iowa went on a field goal drought, couldn't hit anything, uh, and Clemson just kind of chipped away at that lead and, and made it a game late. Iowa is a better team than Clemson. That shouldn't have been a three point game, but nonetheless, it's a Hawkeye win. Chris Murray just didn't didn't have a great game, and you know we saw it a couple of times last year when Keegan didn't have a great game. Iowa has trouble uh, offensively. A couple of times you could go to Chris Murray when Keegan was having a bad game. Unfortunately, there they weren't triplets, and so there's not another Murray 
uh, twin to go to if Chris is having an off night. He was uh, 0 of 5 from three-point land, had a couple of open looks as well, 4 of 17 from the field. He did have 11 rebounds and 10 points, so a double-double for Chris, but just not what you expect from him. Uh, in that kind of a game. The, the player who picked it up and, and allowed I would get this win was Patrick McCaffrey. 21 points. He had five rebounds and assists. Uh, only one of six from three-point land, and, and I was bad from three tonight. Four of, of 19. Uh, but Patrick was 7 of 14 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, and uh, hit some big shots when he needed them. Uh, had some really nice touch on a couple of his shots and, and played well. Philip Robracha, 9 points, 10 rebounds. A really big bucket there at the end and, and some really big rebounds. He played strong. He played hard. He played well overall. Peyton Sanford just hasn't found that shot yet. He's three of eight, one of three from three-point land, seven points. But for a guy in the starting lineup who's getting a lot of minutes, you, you just need a little bit more production uh, out of Peyton Sanford if you're going to reach kind of the heights that, that we hope I will reach. And then Tony Perkins, not a great night either. Definitely doesn't look 100%. He missed Monday's game against Omaha with a a leg injury. Fran McCaffrey indicated that was kind of a nagging thing. It was a thing that had built up over time. And and so that doesn't sound like it's a quick fix. Twisted something and just needed a week off. Sounds like something he may be dealing with throughout the season. And uh, if that's the case, you hope it doesn't impact his explosiveness, uh, his athletic ability, his uh, able ability to create chaos defensively so just 11 points from Tony tonight again nine of those from the free throw line just hit one shot from the field uh, but nine of ten from the line and hit some big free throws when it really mattered he had a couple of assists couple of steals and uh, and four rebounds um, off the bench you really like the play of Aaron Ulis right now he, he's really taking a step up he's feeling a lot more or playing a lot more confidently um, he's just He's providing some depth there that I don't know that we expected coming into the season. And then DeSante Bowen had a really good game as well. So the, the depth that Iowa has at point guard right now is as as deep as it's been under Fran McCaffrey uh, with these this level of athlete, with Tony Perkins kind of getting the start. But being able to go to Aaron Eulis or DeSante Bowen, who had nine points on three of three shooting, uh, including a big three-pointer that he hit, uh, in just a handful of minutes. Again, Ulis had five points on two of five shooting. He had an assist and a rebound. Uh, Josh Agundale played some good minutes, had a really nice assist, a great pass uh, to Chris Murray for a dunk. Uh, but he played a couple of strong minutes. He had two points, a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists for uh, for Big Jelly. And then Connor McCaffrey, uh, who again, his his minutes, his contribution to the game uh, often doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He did have six rebounds and an assist, uh, no points, no shots for Connor, uh, but some big minutes and uh, a, a really big play there at the end. The, the great inbounds play drawn up by Fran McCaffrey. Uh, where Connor, you know, Perkins had the ball. Connor comes onto the baseline. Perkins throws it to him, and then uh, you've kind of tripped up the Clemson defense. Uh, Perkins catches the ball from Connor and is able to run down the court and run off a few seconds of clock. There, there's some precious uh, time for Clemson that that they lost there because of that great play by those guys. Again, I would just kind of let Clemson hang around all game long. Had a 10-point lead for much of the game, 7 points at halftime, 10-point lead for much of the second half, and then uh, just went cold. Couldn't hit anything. You hope that 
they're able to kind of figure this this out, these rims out, this court out uh, before they play TCU. Because again, that that's a team that's going to come and come hard that needs a couple of signature wins here this weekend to kind of get back into their good graces. A win over a ranked Iowa team would probably put TCU back into the rankings, into the AP poll on Monday. And uh, and so that that's really big, obviously, uh, for them. And, and so this is going to be a tough game tomorrow for Iowa, uh, assuming it's TCU again because Cal is uh, is just so terrible. Um, so you, let me look up what time that game is. I think it's an, an evening game. Uh, that's a six o'clock tip tomorrow night. Uh, Iowa again against the winner of either Cal or TCU, and uh, and you know here we go because after this you've got Georgia Tech uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge next week, and then the following week is that that killer week: uh, Duke at Madison Square Garden. Iowa State, who, by the way, beat North Carolina, number one North Carolina today uh, after beating Villanova yesterday. So the Cyclones will most likely be ranked coming into next week and, and likely then coming into the Cyhawk game. And then Wisconsin, uh, who gave Kansas all they wanted a day ago. These these games for Iowa be easier. And uh, again, you just hope that Tony Perkins is able to kind of uh, get whatever he's got uh, going on in order for this, uh, this next stretch of games because it's really going to dictate kind of how Iowa feels about itself and, and where Iowa is uh, nationally uh, coming into the Big Ten Big Ten season. Um, so, you know, a nice win for Iowa today. A needed win, especially with the way it went down. Uh, you're frustrated by the, the referees the, and, and the certainly the announcers on CBS Sports Network, uh, but you're happy with a win for the Hawkeyes, and, uh, and that's more than we can say for the football team, and, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Nebraska 24, Iowa 17, just a, a brutal game for the Hawkeyes. Didn't come ready to play with everything on the line. You know, I tweeted something to the effect of uh, a month ago, it felt like Iowa had nothing to play for. And then they played themselves into a position where there was something to lose. And then they went out and they lost it. Uh, didn't show up ready to play. It didn't seem like Nebraska was the aggressor right from the beginning. Uh, it didn't help that Iowa... Uh, I was offense regressed. I was offensive line regressed. Um, and then you, you just can't turn the ball over uh, at the clip that Iowa has. That, that's that been a thing. I Clean football, you know, through those that four-game win streak, through the four-game win streak last year, clean football, that was the thing. You don't hurt yourself with penalties. You don't hurt yourself with turnovers. Iowa did both of those things today uh, with four turnovers, two fumbles uh, by the quarterbacks, a killer fumble by Arlen Bruce on a muffed punt, and then the late interception by uh, Alex Padilla, who... You know, had an okay game in you know coming in for the injured Spencer Petrus, but certainly again, much like last year, didn't do anything to uh, kind of make everybody assure that he is the guy moving forward or that he should have been the guy all season. Would Iowa had been more successful if if Alex Padilla was the quarterback all season? I don't know. Uh, I don't think it would have made a drastic difference. Iowa's offense is not good. 
uh, and they weren't good today. Got down 24 nothing. You know, had a valiant effort in the comeback. A great strip uh, by the defense to get the ball back quickly in the fourth quarter. A really nice field goal by Drew Stevens with a lot of pressure. Uh, it, you know, those things. Luke Lachey played strong. Nico Regaini uh, on those last couple of drives made some big plays. It looked like he had a really good connection with Alex Padilla. Caleb Johnson had that big run, and, and he had a nice day. The offensive line was terrible. I mean, there, there's a couple of plays, the replays that are just, I mean, head-scratchingly bad, just completely not blocking guys in front of them. Uh, Nebraska was able to get pressure all day long. And then, you know, you lose Cooper DeGene early in the game, and, and you feel like that's probably the, the difference maker right there uh, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Nebraska was able to pick on that side of the defense then. That's where the 83-yard bomb touchdown came from. That's where a lot of those third-down conversion uh, plays came from, came against, was that side of the Iowa defense. Um, Riley Moss didn't have a great game either, but the, the other side was was a struggle after Cooper DeGene went out, so that was huge. And then he's the punt returner. So not only did uh, did you have the fumble by Arlen Bruce, but there were a couple of punts late that Iowa didn't field and lost 10 or 15 yards on, on the roll. You got to catch the punt uh, when your offense when your offense can't drive the ball very far and they need to drive the bar, ball far and quickly. You can't allow the ball to roll 15 yards, you know, and, and give the offense that much worse of a start. A couple of head scratching penalties, the the leaping, the punt shield was was wild. Something I haven't seen before. Um, certainly a, a play you want to get out of football is it's a pretty dangerous play. And we saw that with Schulte going on, on over his head, but I mean, how much of that is the, the Nebraska guys flipping him up and over and it, the, the, the penalty for that penalty, <laughs> the, the punishment for that penalty being an automatic first down for the punting team. That's a wild, wildly disastrous penalty. It just feels like that's, out of whack that's out of balance there and so you know again things that that can be talked about clock management throughout the entire fourth quarter late in the third quarter i was just not in any urgency on offense uh still huddling still letting the play clock and the game clock run down before they snap the ball uh doing that and then not handing the ball to caleb johnson at all because you know there's there's some urgency and so that's head scratching. It's all head scratching. But the bottom line is, you turn the ball over four times and you do it in the fashion that Iowa did it. Uh, you have trouble winning a game, and you have a couple of injuries to go along with that. Uh, I don't know that Spencer Petrus wins this game for Iowa. I doubt it. Um, but again, I neither did Alex Padilla. So there's a huge issue at quarterback. There's a huge issue, uh, as there has been, you know, all season long, and we were able to kind of ignore it a little bit over these last few weeks. And really, Spencer Petrus and the offense played a little bit better at times over these last four weeks. But these last couple of games, even in wins against Wisconsin and and Minnesota, the offense was not good, and they were not good again tonight. And that's why you lose to Nebraska, and you lose your opportunity to go to a Big Ten championship game. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing that this team could come out oh and wisconsin got a big win today basketball as i just just seeing wisconsin beat usc today um so yeah i always got a lot of ranked teams coming up on their schedule uh anyway back to football uh it's just it's hard to believe this team on senior day with a pack Kinnick stadium with everything they had on the line uh, against a bad nebraska team could come out and look that poor for that much of the game uh, it's really just just a disappointing thing. Um, obviously, 
Petrus needs to be able to feel feel that that pressure that he did um, on on his sack and fumble. Uh, Padilla, that was a bad play on his sack and fumble. Um, the Arlen Bruce, not not to like name check him specifically, but that that's the fumble that was the biggest killer uh, because you know you you hold it to seventeen at the end of the half for Iowa, seventeen nothing at halftime and. There's still a prayer. Uh, Nebraska comes out and has a pretty quick punt. And Arlen Bruce fumbles it at the 18-yard line. And three plays later, Nebraska goes in for the score. It's 24 to nothing. And it really felt like at that point, even though I was able to make it a game and, and close, you know, well for the most part, um, it's that that was the game. And so, you know, again, not not on Arlen Bruce, but that that is the turnover that that ultimately felt like it, it killed the team the the worst. Um, and so, yeah, that's just that's tough, man. That that's a real bad loss. Uh, it's a real quick way to end the regular season. Seven and five and, and will await. You know, seven and five now and, and will await. Uh, you know, bowl selection Sunday a week and a half from now to see, you know, which kind of mediocre bowl game and which middle of the road SEC or Pac-12 team uh, I will play against in in a bowl game. Just disappointing after uh, all that Iowa had played itself into, all all the uh, where Iowa had played itself to. And and I don't think that I was going to go to Indianapolis and and beat either Ohio State or Michigan, Uh, but at least you would have been able to go and, and attempt to do that at least you would have had that big 10 west uh, championship uh, under your belt and there's still a chance there's an outside chance i think if northwestern beats illinois if purdue loses to whoever purdue plays i would still go but at this point you, you almost don't even want that to happen um it's just it's just disappointing uh alex padilla 16 to 33 for 141 yards he had one touchdown and then did have the the interception late in the game spencer peaches was just one of six for nine yards and he had the fumble they both had a fumble um casey thompson for nebraska played pretty well 20 to 32 of 78 three touchdowns did everything uh, he needed to do in that game and, and even though nebraska really wasn't able to do much offensively in the second half uh, they had done the damage they needed to do those points off of turnovers in the first half and then early in the third quarter um Caleb Johnson had 109 yards on 16 carries. He had that long 44-yard touchdown. Uh, LaShawn Williams played well. He had nine carries for 43 yards, a long of 11. Um, and that was really what Iowa's running game was. Ramir Johnson for uh, Nebraska, just 52 yards. I mean, Nebraska held, was held to 51 rushing yards. That's clearly not what killed Iowa. What killed Iowa was Trey Palmer. And it was very similar to a Jeff Brom scheme, right? It was very similar to watching Purdue and David Bell uh, or what they tried to do with Charlie Jones a few weeks ago. Uh, They found the matchup they liked, Trey Palmer, against whoever was against him, and they just kept going to it. Nine catches for him, 165 yards, two touchdowns, including that 87-yarder. That was just such a... uh, a shocking play early in the the game for Iowa's defense to give up a play like that. Um, and, you know, the commentators kept saying, Jake Buck kept saying, you know, they got to put two guys over there on Trey Palmer. And all, I think all Iowa fans were like, that, that's not, that ain't going to happen. We, we've seen this before. Luke Lachey, Iowa's leading receiver, seven catches, 89 yards, one touchdown where he just dragged uh, the other team. 
into the end zone. We dragged Nebraska defenders a couple of times. Uh, Nico Reggiini, seven catches for 60 yards, and he had a pretty good game. Arlen Bruce, one catch for three yards. Need to get more vertical than that. Uh, and then the other catches were Gavin Williams and uh, and Nick DeYoung a, uh, a, uh, had a catch for negative four yards. Uh, it was that was the first play of Iowa's kind of must score drive, their first must score drive of the final two. Uh, the ball gets batted up. Nick DeYoung catches the ball, and that was just kind of a, a microcosm of of the game for the Hawkeyes. Um, just rough. Benson and Campbell each with eight tackles. Um, Logan Lee had seven and, and a tackle for loss. Uh, Iowa had a couple of sacks. Uh, you know, the defense played pretty well, but got put into a lot of bad situations and then had some bad penalties. Uh, and Iowa penalized itself more than it normally does. Seven penalties for 65 yards on the Hawkeyes, uh, including, you know, the the leaping, the, the punt shield was a costly penalty for time on the clock, right? I think they ran three and a half minutes off the clock because of that penalty. And the four turnovers, I mean, those are really the stats you need to see uh, to know that uh, why this game didn't go well for Iowa why the Heroes Trophy is back in Lincoln for the first time in almost a decade, and why the Iowa Hawkeyes will be home next Saturday watching likely Purdue uh, or possibly Illinois play against Ohio State or Michigan for a Big Ten championship. And now you look ahead, right? And uh, and you, you don't know who Iowa's going to play in a bowl game. Um, you know there is going to be a bowl game. You don't know who the quarterback will be in that in that bowl game. You almost want to just give it to Labus at this point, let him have a month of practice under his belt and go into that bowl game and you know hopefully move forward into next season. Uh, what's the transfer portal going to look like? What's the Caden Proctor situation going to look like? And what's the coaching staff going to look like? I think the, the potentially one bright spot of today for Iowa football and and I would rather have it be the other way I'd obviously rather have Iowa had won this game and then we're not even talking about uh the you know potential changes being uh, because Iowa you know is on a five game win streak and blah 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 all the things that we had hoped would be the case this afternoon all the things that we uh, kind of expected would be the case going into this game uh, the, so the, the one potential bright spot is that this will force I think Iowa to make some changes offensively uh, you, you just you can't see what this offense has done the last two years, uh, how it has hurt this program the last couple of years. Um, and and you just don't have any hope for it at this point. Caleb Johnson's a really good running back, so you have hope for that part of it. But the offensive line uh, is abysmal. The quarterback play, if these are your two quarterbacks, that's an issue. That's an issue recruiting and developing and scheming and all of it. So can you go into the transfer portal and get a quarterback? Can you get somebody to want to? You can you can get somebody to want to come play in the Big Ten. I promise you that. You know, there's there's a lot of it's like, well, who would want to come play for Iowa? A lot of guys would want to come play for Iowa. All right, you need to make changes to the coaching staff. You you need to develop these guys differently. You need to bring in a different coach, uh, quarterback coach. You need to bring in a different different offensive coordinator, and you need to somehow convince Kirk to let that offensive coordinator change what this offense does. Phil Parker has a great defense, and and it seems like that's going to continue. There's no reason to think with Iowa's recruiting uh, and the players we've seen on the field that Iowa's defense is going to take any sort of uh, monster step back over the next several seasons. You're going to have a championship-caliber defense. You need to build an offense around it. It doesn't have to be a great offense, but it has to be serviceable. It has to be good. It has to be better than this. It has to throw the ball more. It has to have a quarterback that's mobile, that's able to move, 
even more so than Padilla. And you have to have play calls and and a scheme that that is modern. That's more modern than this. Changes have to be made. Will they? I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, nothing's going to happen before a bowl game. So we'll have a month now to kind of wring our hands and hear people, you know, talking heads talk about this. Um, but changes have to be made. And I don't think after today you can justify not making changes. I think had you won today, you could find a way to justify it. And I think there's a chance that changes would have been made either way. But I think if you win today, if you play well next week in Indianapolis, you can justify not changing a whole lot. That's just unjustifiable at this point. Um, Iowa's offense is the reason they're not a great team this year. It's the reason they're 7-5 and five and not 10-2, and two, right? Iowa shouldn't have lost three of these games. Nebraska's not a good team. Illinois is not a very good team. Iowa State is not a good football team. Those are three losses where Iowa lost to bad teams, teams that are worse than them. Now, Iowa's not great by any means. The offense is abysmal. It's terrible. But Iowa should have won those games. They should have won today. They should have been able to win today. And they couldn't because the offense uh, was inept. No points in the first half against a bad Nebraska team. And it's just, it's it's unacceptable I'm not talking about Kirk Ferentz as a, uh, you know, and, and firing him or anything like that. I'm not talking about even his legacy at this point, unless he doubles down again on this offense and, and tries to make the case that Brian Ferentz is the right guy for the job and that things are improving and that drastic changes don't need to be made. Drastic changes need to be made. And Kirk has earned the benefit of the doubt and the, the opportunity to make those changes. Uh, but that that needs to happen, and I know that was clear for a lot of people before today. It was made even more clear today, and um, and I'm just going to stay optimistic and confident that 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 actually will happen. And and if it does, that could be the bright spot that that comes out of uh, this Black Friday, which is real black, or this uh, the, this season overall, this kind of roller coaster of a season that we all just lived through. These 12 weeks that are now over, and. Um, you know, again, barring some crazy things happening tomorrow, uh, this regular season will end and the, the bowl game uh, waits. And, you know, potential for Iowa to make some changes offensively. Let's get Joey Labus in there. I don't think that's actually going to happen. But I really don't think Spencer Petrus will come back for a COVID year. And I can't imagine Alex Padilla will not transfer after this season or just hang up his football cleats and, and go into being a doctor or whatever it is that, that he's studying. Um and so if that's going to be the case, you might as well put Joey Labus in there now and uh, at least give him a chance to, to get a, a leg up and a head start on running this offense. We have a basketball game tomorrow, likely against TCU, 6 o'clock tip in the Emerald Coast Classic. Uh, if Iowa plays a little better than they did today, I think they have a chance to win that game, and, and that would be a really nice win and a, a nice kind of bow on the weekend. The Iowa women this weekend uh, at a, a holiday tournament in Portland, one of these uh, Phil Knight classic tournaments. Um, let's see, they're beating Oregon State by eight right now as I record this uh, towards the end of the third quarter. So if the, the Hawkeye women win here, they'll play another game, I believe, on Sunday uh, in this 
whatever Phil Knight invitational thing I'm a jig that it is hey it's still great to be a Hawkeye I appreciate you listening we will have this game covered from all angles both these games covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com with Rob, Rob Howe John Bonacamp Rick Brown uh, and myself doing a lot of the work um, I appreciate you listening keep your head up it's basketball season baby and go Hawks Hawks <laughs>